0: Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Amen. So, as Pastor Matt said last week, he talked about rest and the rest of the story. And, you know, as um, I'm one of those people that... You know, I, I hit that 50 mark, and then there's, then what, it's all uphill from there, downhill? I don't know what it is. But anyway, um, I heard somebody say recently actually, it was, a, it was a post that I read the most productive years in someone's life are between 60 and 70 years old. Can you believe that? That's awesome. And then next is between 70 and 80. Now, I bet you didn't think that. And then is from 50 to 60. And I don't know about after that. (laughs) But I was thinking, why would that be? And it's really, I think, because we can be more focused. We can be more focused with our time. We can be more focused with what's in front of us. We've lived a while, and so we know what not to repeat. (laughs) And we know what we want to repeat. And so look around the congregation. I love seeing all different colors of hair, right? And some no hair. Not saying who, but, <laughs> but it's, it's a sign of wisdom. When you have people that are wise sitting around you, tap into them, glean from them, learn from them, because you're really missing out on something if you don't. <laughs> I think of my grandparents and times that I had opportunities to be around them. Like I learned from them Part of what I learned was the rest of their life, the things that they experienced in life. There's this guy, um, his name is Paul Harvey, and if you've never heard of him before, look him up. He would tell these stories, these life lessons, and then he would say, well, that's the rest of the story, or what's the rest of the story? And so when you think of what will be the rest of your story, Listen to that message again. If you if you were here, listen to it again. Just to, to really ponder, God, what do you have for the rest of my life? And so today I get to talk about rest. The rest part that, you know, I kind of like, but I don't always do a whole lot of. <laughs> and the rest is a noun. And it's in context of freedom from activity or labor. Sometimes just doing nothing. A state of motionlessness or inactivity, but it's mostly peace of mind and spirit. You know, rest can be different things for different people, right? So resting for me, if we lived in Florida, guess where I'd be. (laughs) There's probably a reason we don't live in Florida. (laughs) But um, I love sitting by the pool, by the ocean, I love hearing the ocean waves, like there's something about that, we, we live on the Wisconsin River, and sometimes like when it's really windy outside and stuff, I'll, I'll say, can we open the window, because you know, he's all about, if you have the air conditioning on, you don't open the windows, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff, and so I just like hearing the waves of the water, I love hearing the water. But Pastor Matt's idea of rest, I'm going to show you a little, little example. Here's Pastor Matt's idea of rest. Are we ready? <laughs> there he goes. Look at that. I think he mowed that whole lawn in, what, 10 seconds or three <laughs> seconds or something. <laughs> but, you know, that one's nice. But there's another one that you can actually see the progress a little better. There we go. This is how he rakes leaves. So when you think, when Pastor Matt talks about raking leaves in that big old lawn, don't feel too sorry for him, okay? <laughs> so is he done yet? Look at. It. <laughs> okay, we will cease him mowing the lawn. Okay. <laughs> so honestly, for Pastor Matt, you know, I might have things I want him to do during the day, and so then I'll, I'll be like, okay, we can do this and this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, where did he go? He actually sneaks out of the house to go mow the lawn. <laughs> so I'm, you know, there's a reason I get the microphone only a couple times a year. <laughs> but did you know that God rested too? Like, that was something growing up I never thought God did. I never thought he really rested. But he rested, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So I ask different people in congregation, like, whenever I speak, I like to involve other people because, again, I know that our congregation is made up of all kinds of people, all different age groups, all different life scenarios. And so I ask people, what helps you rest? And the other question is, I said, was, what does it mean to have a day of rest? And so I started out with an 11-year-old girl. And she said, what, it, what helps me rest is at night to have my day all set for the next day. Can you imagine? That's 11 years old. <laughs> to knowing that when I'm afraid at school that I have someone there for me. I have note cards with scriptures on them and reading the note cards helps to give me peace. What does it mean to have a day of rest? And she said to take it easy and calm down, to thank God for what he's done, to read scriptures and to pray. Now, I think that 11-year-old girl is going someplace in life, right? To learn that already, Then there's a 16-year-old that I asked, and she said that some things that help me rest would obviously be sleep for physical rest, and spiritual rest would be taking time to spend with God in worship and prayer. And then to have a day of rest for me would be having the day off to regenerate, regroup my thoughts, and recharge. Having a day of rest in my spiritual walk would be to have a devoted time with the Lord. There's a 25-year-old wife who said, what would help me rest, I would say, separating myself from the noise of the world and taking time to do things I enjoy or spend time with people who mean the most by spending time in prayer and seeking emotional rest from that. And then a day of rest consists of spending time in the Word and really taking time off social media and my phone. That really helps me rest. So, you know, get rid of your phones, get rid of, you know, they say that these phones, you know, smartphones are supposed to make our lives easier, but how many people are really attached to those phones? I think even during church, get off your phones (laughs) unless you absolutely have to be there or you're taking notes. You can do that too, (laughs) but have a time that you're just totally receiving and you're not bombarded with the busyness from the world around us. There was a 28-year-old mom of three, and she said what helps me rest is to talk to and to rely on Jesus, focusing on family and sleep, probably in capital letters, right? (laughs) Putting off unnecessary tasks and focusing more on Jesus and family and getting sleep. And then dad, a 33-year-old dad said, having peace and knowing God is in control, therefore rest becomes natural. That's really good, and we'll learn more about that. When we really trust God and know he's in control, it's easier for us to rest. And a day of rest for him looks like a day to pause from distraction or disturbance and focus on God's word for the week. And then a 74-year-old grandpa dad, husband. He said what helps him rest is just being quiet. See, that's wisdom speaking, right? And then he said, a day of rest is no work. Just enjoy the day and enjoy people and don't have to worry about anything. Giving everything to the Lord and enjoying all of his blessings. So, don't we all feel better now? Don't you just feel rested? And it's, really fun. And I have other ones too that I I won't get to, but, but to know that everybody's connection with rest was connected to their time with the Lord. I think that's a really good takeaway. So think about how busy you are in your, say a 24 hour, let's look at a whole week. Okay. Let's look at Sunday to the next Sunday. So when I think about my world I am a child of God first. That's first. Then I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. And then I have a church family, which I love. Then we have a child care center. We have a Christian school. There's a lot of things going on. But you know what? God gave me the same 24 hours in a day as he gave you. And so it's my job to really steward, to manage the time that he's given me. So sometimes by process of elimination, my life has been fuller than others. And so, um, you know, a lot of you have known a couple years ago, Pastor Matt and I both lost both of our parents within a couple years span. And during that time, we dealt with them, you know, struggling through illnesses and other things, hospitalization, all of that, and so fitting all that stuff into our normal everyday. First of all, we had a very gracious congregation and staff that you all really helped walk us through that time. But, you know, if I had to go back, I I can remember, because we would spend the night at the hospital with my mom, you know, weeks. She was in the hospital 54 days (laughs) at one chunk of time, and I can remember thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? but it's only because I could have that rest in that time with Jesus. And so that's what I did when I was with my mom. We'd play worship music together. We'd read the Bible together. We'd pray together. We'd have those times, and you know what? As busy as my life was during that time, I would never, ever, ever exchange that for anything because I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Our children, we have four children, and three of them are married Three, all three of those that are married each have two children. A couple of the children are in Florida. We have a daughter in Arizona. So, you know, when we rest, when we go visit them, <laughs> we kind of combine vacation and time visiting our, our family because that's when we get to do that. I have to say I'm glad they don't live like in Wyoming or someplace where it's really cold all the time, you know. <laughs> Selfish, me thinking. But... I would probably like that too. I've never been to Wyoming, so I should not diss Wyoming, right? It's, it's probably really beautiful. <laughs> but my busy life when they were four children all two years apart, like that was busy. That was crazy. I had, we had people in our lives that helped us with that time. And that's something else to be really, really cognitive of as parents Ask for help. You know, there's a church family around you that will help. When you need help with your children, ask for help. That's part of why we're here, to know that we can encourage each other. And and again, as we're a little older and we've had younger children, we can give advice and wisdom and suggestions. So, you know, again, when we take our life and you take your life and take your week and think about everything that's in it, what place do you give God in your time of scheduling things? For us, again, it's, it's knowing that God rested. And so we probably need to do the same thing, right? So why do we need a day of rest? And I guess it's pretty simple because God commanded it. Like, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't like, hey, maybe you should do this, or if you did this, it would be well with your soul. It was a command. It was one of the Ten Commandments. So let's look at that in Exodus 20, 1 through 17, in the New Living Translation. And for those of you that have never heard what the Ten Commandments are, this is what they are. (laughs) Um, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I'm the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them or I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished. If you misuse his name. Now, you know, take note of some of these. (laughs) Because how often do we do that? We have idols in our lives. We have things we put before God. How many of you have one of those, like, nasty, drunken sailor tongues? You know, the the Lord addresses that there. (laughs) You know, what kinds of words come out of your mouth? Something that's interesting is, you know, you know when little kids walk around and how cute they are and stuff? What I'll say to people when they're like, well, that's not a swear word. That's not a a cussing word. I'll say, well, would it be cute if your little two-year-old said it? Because if it wouldn't be cute and you wouldn't want him to say it, you probably shouldn't say it. (laughs) So there's some grandma advice here. (laughs) And then remember, this is the important one, remember to observe the Sabbath day by day, keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about that. But then honor your father and mother. Then you will live long, full life, or live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. And so again, when we see the Ten Commandments, they are not ten suggestions, they're ten commandments. And so I thought, you know, when you're teaching children the Ten Commandments, how do you how do you really do that? And I don't know about you, but when I read through these again... <laughs> I probably don't pay enough attention to them, to them because um, they're things that oh yeah we shouldn't do that. That's a command, like a command, like when you command, like that's a deal. <laughs> so here's God's top ten, and this is for children. So and if you want to copy of this, I can get it to you. But I thought this was fun for kids. It's number one, and it's for all of us. But this is an easy way to understand it. <clears throat> Put God first. Worship him only. No bad words. Work six, rest one. Obey your parents. Harm no one. Don't cheat. If it's not yours, don't take it. Tell the truth. And don't be jealous of other people's stuff. So we can all go home now, right? (laughs) Because there's nothing that is above God's commands. You know, I think about those of us who tithe. You know, tithing, tithing is something that is, is obedience to God. And so for those of us who tithe, we wouldn't think of doing anything but tithing. So there's 90%, and that's what we get to live off of and that we get to use, and, and the 10% of his. And so there's just not a question about it. So again, when something is settled in your heart, It doesn't change, right? It's settled. It's a command and we know it. I think of people in the military, like when your officer commands you to do something, I bet that you probably don't waver a whole lot with what you're told to do. I could have some of you military guys come up here and tell some stories, right? (laughs) So if God rested, if he worked six days and he did all the stuff he did, then how much more should we rest on that seventh day I think about um, I want to read this in Genesis where it talks about that in Genesis 2 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation it says so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed on the seventh day God had finished his work of creation so he rested which means he ceased he stopped from all of his work And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And you know what I liked about that is how he blessed that seventh day, how he blessed the time of our rest. And so again, knowing that when we have those times of rest, it's not just an excuse for being lazy. It's really to take time to spend with the Lord. You know, if if you don't ever have any time that you spend with your family and, and real concentrated time, do that on that day of rest. Pray together and you do that alone and you do that with other people because it's really teaching, like teaching our children what rest is so that they also can benefit from the blessing of God. But I really like that part that God said that he blessed the seventh day. So he blesses the day that you rest. And so, you know, when, when I think about being blessed, the word blessed means a favor or gift bestowed by God, therefore, therefore bringing happiness, the invoking of God's favor upon a person. So, you know, when people are super busy all the time, they're probably not really happy people. You know, you have to tap into the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is in our heart when Jesus lives in our heart. But if we're so busy and focusing on all these other things and not stopping to spend time with the Lord, there's something missing from our lives. You know, when you look at the Gospels, Jesus never seemed to be hurried, right? He, you never are, are reading the Word, and it says, and he was so busy, and he had so much to do, and so much to get done. But how many of us say, it's such a busy day. It's such a busy day. You know, if, um, for those of you who work with me, you all know this. <laughs> it is a pet peeve of mine when I hear people say they're busy. And it's because I think everybody's busy. <laughs> we have that, again, that same 24 hours a day to get something done. And so if we're busy, it means we have a lot to do. I understand that. But sometimes by saying that, we shut people out around us. And in my my thinking and my life and my heart, I never want people to feel like they're I'm too busy for them. As a matter of fact, people will say that to me a lot of times when they call and want prayer, or want to talk about something. I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're so busy. I'm like, nope, you'll never hear me say, Yep, you're right, I'm so busy. It's too bad you called me. <laughs> I'll I say, no, it's no bother. It's no problem. Because it's not, because I have that same 24 hours in a day that all of you do. And part of the calling in my life, this isn't a career choice, this is a calling. And so when people desire, need help, need prayer, we don't say, oh, too bad, nine to five, that's when we work, Monday's our day off, sorry, do not die on a Monday because we won't be there for you. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But but that's where I think people can get the Sabbath and resting and working mixed up. And I believe that we need to protect it. And I feel like Pastor Matt and I do, Pastor Matt, and I have Mondays our day off, so we'll never get another Monday phone call from this crowd, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it's a day that we schedule, and we schedule our time off. But if something comes up, you know, I had a phone call a couple weeks ago and somebody needed help and um, Pastor Matt had a a call from the, he's one of the chaplains and he had a call for that. And so we just divided up our time different times of the week so that we had that time to rest. And you all do the same thing. When things get busy, you just divide up your, your week a little bit differently. So with Jesus and his busyness, in Mark 1:21 through 34, it says he went from, now think about this being busy. He went from preaching in a synagogue to casting out a demon, to healing a sick friend, to minister to the whole city gathered at his door at sundown. And that was just in one day. So I think he was busy. Maybe that was his way of telling us he was busy, right? <laughs> um, but after that one day, In Mark one thirty-five, it says, But after this one day, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate or secluded place, and there he prayed. So after he had those busy times, he took time away and he prayed. After ministering and pouring out his life to other people, Jesus left everyone and he spent time with God. After John the Baptist's death, and this is Mark 6, 31 and 32, after John the Baptist's death, Jesus said to his disciples, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Do you get so busy some days that you're like, oh, I forgot to eat. Oh, my gosh, I didn't take my lunch break. So that happened to them too. And they went away to a quiet place. But Jesus understood the importance of rest. And even Jesus needed rest. In Mark eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, in the Message Bible, it says, Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love how that is written in the message Bible. I like that it says the, the unforced rhythms of grace. Because, again, when we have times that are busier than others, there's grace that helps to walk us through those times, right? You can look back sometimes at a week that you had more scheduled or more going on and think, how in the world did I make it through that week? It's part of those rhythms of God's grace. Jesus doesn't just offer rest. He shows us how to do it. And again, if you read those scriptures, you'll learn that you spend time with Jesus, that you have those times away with him. And that's what gives us peace and rest. You know, when our children were, were younger, like I'm not a morning person, so just putting that out there. Um, but, you know, like for me, my wake-up time is like 7.30. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed at night at 7.30, I'm awake. And so I know for you guys, a lot of you, you're like, my day's half over by 7.30. <laughs> However, I usually don't go to bed till like 1 or 2 or sometimes a little later in the morning. <laughs> and so, um, so for me, when the children were little, I didn't do morning devotion time. I mean, we had prayer time with the kids, but then I spent my time, my rest time with the Lord in the evening. And I have this chair next to my bed, and that's where I do all my Bible reading and studying and all those things. And so that's when it worked for me and for my schedule. I think admittedly, the Christian church isn't probably a whole lot different than the world when it comes to resting. And so it's something we really have to watch and, and ask God, do, do I spend enough time with you? Do I get that time every day? And then there's something else, it's sleep. Sleep is super important. And there's a little chart up here that they're going to pull up and it's from the National Sleep Foundation. So when you look at that, look at your age group, Okay, is that how much sleep you get? There's recommended amounts, maybe appropriate, and then not recommended. So 18 to 25 years old, less than six hours, more than 11 hours, that's not recommended. 10 to 11 hours of sleep might be appropriate. Wow, (laughs) I don't know if I'd slept that long. Anyway, I have a sore back. <laughs> I need a new mattress, right? <laughs> but um, I shouldn't say that because those are the experts, not me. <laughs> so again, looking looking at that chart, and do you fall in between those times? I think um, what's interesting is, do you know that the United States, uh, there's a few countries in the world, but the United States is one of them, that um, the countries required amount of vacation in a year is 0. 0. Like it is not a federal law. We have national holidays and things like that, but we don't um but other countries there like in Europe there is 4 weeks of vacation that are nationally required and 5 weeks if you work shift work. That's not the United States. (laughs) So how do we get rest in our schedule? I believe you have to do just that, schedule it. And it's really important to do that. Like I said, Pastor Matt and I take our, our Mondays off. But then the other part of this is when we're not spending that time in rest, we're not taking that time away. We think we have to do everything. So really, when we look in our hearts, are we really trusting God? Are we, are we really saying, God, you work through me. I have this many hours in a day. I trust you to accomplish what you want me to do today. Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate acts, another well, Excuse me. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, something that people will do is they'll be like, Yeah, Sunday's my day of rest, so I just won't go to church. I'll just watch online. It's awesome that we do this live streaming now. But, you know, that's not gathering together. And when we look at what gathering together does, it's motivating one another to acts of love and good works. We encourage each other when we gather together. And I know those months during that COVID stuff that we weren't gathering together, there was a longing in people's hearts to just want to meet again. So don't see that day off is Sunday, eh, I don't have to go to church because we need that time with each other. Rest is really about obedience. Rest is really about trust. I'm going to share with you a couple scriptures. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. And this is the new living. And so what I'm going to talk in these scriptures, it's really about trusting in God. It's really about resting in him in his peace. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Also, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in the New Living Translation, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. When again, when I think about resting and trusting in our schedules that we have and all we have to do, you know, I was thinking about the president of Century Insurance. And I was thinking, um, I looked online and it said, I don't know how up to date this is, but they have 19 offices in 14 cities Stevens Point being the national headquarters. They have over 4,500 employees, and 2,500 are in Stevens Point. That president, his name is Mr. Pete McPartland. He has the same 24 hours in a day as I do. Like, how does he manage all those companies and do all those things? Well, he has people, right? Right. (laughs) What about Walmart? What about google and apple and all these big corporations what about mega church pastors who have one church and 18 campuses like all those people all these big business owners have the same 24 hours in a day that you do it's just knowing where we're supposed to be what we're supposed to be doing and resting and taking that time with jesus it's how we manage our time So we're going to close with a scripture, Psalms 33, 20 to 22. It says, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. When we rest, when we take that time with God, we really, really have a revelation in our heart that we can trust Him. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you today and we thank you, God, that you've made it possible for us to even be able to rest in you, for us to have communion with you, which means conversation and be able to talk to you. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through your word. And if there's anybody here today with your eyes closed, with no one moving or looking around, if you really don't know how to trust God, if you haven't ever put your trust in him, if you don't know that he's your Lord, your Savior, I just ask that you raise your hand and make that known before Jesus, that you want to be able to wholeheartedly trust him. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we do thank you with each person here, Lord, that you do live in our hearts, that you are the Lord of our lives. And Father, help us to be able to put our trust in you and not our own ability and all that we can do and all that we can get accomplished. But Lord, help us to fully trust in you. And God, I just thank you for this congregation of people here today. Lord, as they rest in you, as they spend time with you, Lord, that you give them a happy life, that they're able to look at the week ahead with joy in their hearts, knowing that they've spent that time with you. And Father, we're all individuals, and so I just thank you that you're speaking to each one of us the way that you personally want to speak to us about what should be different in our lives and what we need to adjust and change. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today.